Welcome to the Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact way beyond the profits and margins, the leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Timelkov. Happy Thursday, dear audience. I'm very excited today to welcome uh, a special guest who is actually uh, very close to, to my heart and especially with, uh, with the motto that she believes in, in the area that I really spent uh, years of my life. And uh, as you know, we're on a mission to bring together some of the most caring leaders from every corner of the world. And uh, today we have Judith Jungman joining us. Uh, she's the Chief HR Officer of Becker's Group. And um, her motto is unleashing potential of individuals and organizations, which is a really a very powerful uh, a motto. And uh, seeing people for not for not just for who they are, but who they could become, it's very close to my heart. And I'd love to really get to know more about this. Uh, Judith, first of all, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So happy to be here, Marian. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure we have a lot of joy in our conversation. <laughs> Excellent. Starting with the motto, how did you come to the motto, Judith? Because that's, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds, you really uh, embody everything you do around that. And that's, that we, it's not just the motto, it's, it's much more, you, it's a way of living by the sounds of it for you. Exactly. So, it's really a long time motto already and maybe some people would think it's a little bit banal because unleashing potential that you, you, you listen uh, to that or uh, read that a lot. But for me, it's really something very deep where, what I'm fascinated. And, you know, uh, you say um, you, you have found out that the people aspect, the human aspect of business is actually the one that is the most important and that is also fascinating uh, for you. And I always joke as I'm now working in, in HR or in people uh, for 25 years, I already found out very early in my career <laughs> and I feel really privileged. And in this function, you observe people um, for sure, on an everyday basis. And what I was getting fascinated with, and then I also found maybe I have a little bit of talent for that as well, um, that I really tried to understand the person, listen to them, and almost get a little movie in front of my eyes what they can do in the future. And sometimes I... I could understand, because I was also tracking them then over the years, um, that actually it realized. And then it was really about sometimes even seeing something in some person that they are not really aware of that themselves yet. And that is super fascinating, right? And then um, I'm just a little catalyst. Yeah, so it's uh, because the person needs to do the work and the, the development themselves. But I think I can be, a, you know, an impulse giver, a catalyst. I give you a personal example because I do it all the time. <laughs> I'm really, um, it's not just during the job, uh, it's also in the private life. So I have a friend. Um, that I know for a long time. He's a professor in a, in a university for cardio. So professor, doctor, doctor, very... And I was having uh, regular lunches with him. And he was in his job uh, now in, in this position at an elite university for 10 years. And he was talking about his family and his sons, how much they, he likes them. And, I, and then I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of a challenger. And I, I said one day to him, you know, yeah, you tell me about your family, you tell me also about some ongoing topics, people issues in your institute at the university. But I, I, I think it's a little bit 
calm. You know, it's a mm. little bit. Uh, you you are now there ten years. You were super excited. You build a you know a big uh, center where some great scientists come together. But now it's a little bit slow. So what is actually exciting you? And then he told me only about his family. And then I was really challenging him and say, okay, so you're too young <laughs> to just focus only on your family and there gets your excitement and your, you know, your rewards. Um, so um, why don't you really reconsider now what can you do now also on the professional side? And we had some lunches and uh, now he's a founder of a biotech company um, next to his professor job and, and he would tell you that actually, yes, I was the one that brought this little, you know, was, was he in his back, yeah, and, 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 and was really triggering him a bit, um, what's the next game for him, yeah? and, and then his energy level went up, yeah? and it was also that he met some people that were interested in working with him, and then, you know, all unfolded, and I'm super happy because it seems that this will be a super cool business that he's doing uh, next to his, his professor role. That's just one example. Yeah, So I'm really getting fascinated. And then my pride is, I love what is that moving. And I know that I'm just one little, you know, centimeter in that, or well, I don't know, uh, you know, a little butterfly. <laughs> and then it, it can really move. But I also understood it uh, so many times during my daily job when I, for example, took over a team and there was a junior person, a really great one, and she said, yeah, I want to now, uh, I was doing administration of trainings, it was in my HR team, and I'm really used to that and everything, and now I would love to uh, smell a little bit, she was really saying, smell a little bit the atmosphere of real trainings and I would like to observe it. And I said, no, 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 no. You are not smelling something. You are not just observing. You are doing the thing. Um, and then I can tell you after some months, this was such a great young female manager. She was exploding because she was so good in what she was doing. She was then conducting some leadership modules where she had also, you know, there was more of methodology where she really had also the credibility then, we trained her on that, and she was doing a fantastic job. And it was absolutely not about administration anymore or a little bit observing some more senior guy, but she was doing it herself. So those are my goosebumps moments that I can create myself all the time. Now. So I'm really fascinated about that. Judith, the, thank you for sharing your amazing, really examples. This is fantastic. I think that to me, this is what leadership is about: to actually unleash the potential, to help people grow, um, and sincerely take care of them. You know, along that journey, because they will have highs and lows, but uh, be by their side and have their back. And encouragement is is, is very important. The question I have for young people or current even uh, uh, people that are considering um, CHRO, talent, or really because this, we know that every business relationship is all depending on, on people. Yeah, we have AI and technology, but people create those technologies. So, and then who creates them and very important, what values they have, what philosophy they have. This really matters. So the, the question here is to be really to thrive at your job at what you do like because you can see that energy that passion you have that you 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 have you call it a talent to ignite people you know to be a catalyst to to plant you know and i see also in personally you know i've been told that as well many times with number of stories and inspiring people on doing that the question i have is do you think uh, you need to have the talent to do what you do, or can you develop it as you get uh, into that? Yeah, I, I really believe, uh, Marianne, in this, okay, what is talent probably is 5%, the rest is work. <laughs> 
And uh, I heard once a ratio where if you want to be world class, then it's 15% of talent and the rest is sweat. <laughs> and oh. I kind of believe in that. Uh, so I, I think um, the worst thing is, and I also, you know, this, this growth mindset uh, theory, if people are getting praise on how intelligent they are or how talented they are, they get actually afraid to take risks and really learn. Um, so we should give them praise for effort that are making and uh, learning efforts. So, yeah, I would I would actually stay with this fifteen percent of talent and the rest is sweat and, and continuous learning. A lot of people will be asking, where do you get these numbers from? <laughs> be... uh, there is a uh, let me is that the um, some. The, the, the guy that uh, uh, wrote about David uh, and Goliath, uh, ah, the, the, this with the, with the curly hair, um, Markham maybe, Markham Gladwell, something like that. Markham Gladwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think he was um, looking at those ratios. That would be my guess. Well, yeah, I read a lot of books, so sometimes I get confused. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's fantastic, really. Thank you for sharing, obviously, uh, these examples, because um, what are the pillars and foundations, if you like, if someone, uh, or the early signs, you said hard work and great, of course, but to, to persevere with the hard work and to have the, that great, as you, you mentioned earlier in, in our uh, previous uh, earlier discussion, um, what uh, what are the foundations like? What are the pillars that are needed for the role uh, of what you do? On the on the people role, you mean? Yes, on the people um, role. So I would well, yeah, okay. So I think curiosity about learning and observing because it's such yeah. a broad field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also feel you need to uh, build some credibility on really understanding the business. Uh, so that's um, probably also a banal thing. But um, and now I think it, it it was improving a lot. But you know, in in the exco team uh, that I'm in, I'm by chance representing people. But it's not that I'm asleep. Um, you know, the whole time or very cautious or very shy. Um, and, and then I wake up if it's a people topic um, and I contribute, I contribute all the time. And actually, I also, I think courage is the second one. Okay. Uh, courage to speak up um, because uh, I also needed to train that, to be honest, because I, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm a lawyer by background and I'm HR. So, uh, so my credibility in knowing about the business is, is first low, right? And then I was in the beginning when I was the first time in, in a leadership team, I said, oh, maybe, uh, you know, I'm not very competent here. But then over years, over time, I found out actually the, the questions in my head need to be asked. Um, and then now I joke and now I'm quite mature, you know, and I'm quite, uh, quite secure also in, <laughs> in myself. I say, okay, I'm the one with the stupid questions. And I know now that all the others are not daring to ask the stupid, simple questions, uh, but they're actually very happy that <laughs> there is somebody that brings that uh, everybody down again on, okay, what is really the thing here? What is the essence that we want to build? And they're actually quite grateful if somebody takes the courage to say, mm, okay, so let me understand now really uh, what we try to achieve here. So I'm quite active actually in those business discussions that are absolutely not about you know, on the first uh, glance, uh, HR topics. Mm -hmm. So you need to have courage. Also courage to really say, no, I don't think we should do it this way. Yeah? Because there's a lot on how we do business, right? Um, um, uh, it's the why, okay, the purpose we need to be aligned on. It's the what, 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 to, what we want to achieve. But as a people person, I think I'm also about how, how do we explain it to people? Yeah? How do we communicate commun uh, uh, continuously? How do we also react to challenge? Yeah? Something like that. So there, I think you also need to have courage to stand up and say, okay, 
attention, attention, big CEO, big whatever, uh, senior leader, people don't understand you. Or worse, you're talking the, the speech, but you're actually not walking the, you know, the speech. Um, so there, I think courage is important to also be the one that says, no, sorry, uh, people are not understanding this. Uh, so we, we need to now re-explain it or actually also look in the mirror, what do we represent with our behavior? Uh, so that, that takes some courage. So that I think is the, the, the second trait. So curiosity, courage, and for sure then also something about balancing and understanding and really be a good listener, a good observer. Yeah? And also change your mind. I, I like this thing about what the big thinkers, Adam Grant, I think is his new book about nowadays. The world is really complex. We have not only complicated problems <coughs> where we just repeat uh, what we did in the past. Now it's about, okay, so this is a big problem. How can we get more perspectives on the table to really analyze it? There will be not just one person that is the genius and knows, you know, has done it 1,000 times and, and now can just repeat it. Now we have bigger problems that we need to kind of try to grasp, understand, and then really test and learn how to, to get a grip on that. Um, so it's, I think we are actually moving in, into another era there. And there, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's good to also see, um, yeah, so to, to really achieve that there, there can be some diverse thinking there. And what I meant by balance is also, again, this, I think you are also, yeah, you, you are really teaching that that life is a balance of different fields. And if they are getting out of balance, then you, you have a time bomb or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is also something where you need to, as a, as a people person, you need to have a pulse on the organization, what's going on. Um, and especially with mental health, I realized that a lot and I can tell you also where I was changing my mind and I think we now need to really continuously also ask ourselves where do I need to change my mind so I give you and I'm not a cynical person at all but I I actually said before COVID okay all this yoga lessons of companies where they say okay you know mental health we need to also take care of it <coughs> I actually was joking in an almost cynical way. Um, okay, this is for companies that shout at people during the day and then as a band-aid, <laughs> they send their colleagues to yoga lessons in the evening that they can calm down because they were treated so badly during the day. Yeah? So that was my kind of thinking at that time. Now in COVID, I, I realized that, and I think it's in a lot of aspects of the business, that now the society, the government, institutions, they are not solving those big problems anymore. Mm. So companies need to come much more in the forefront of things um, and, and take more responsibility. And the mental health topic is now so big, it was big before already, but now it's even uh, growing bigger, that now we cannot ignore it. So I really changed my mind and I said, okay, now we need also some active initiatives to help people. Well, thank you, Judy. This is, and of course, all this wrapped up by um, sincere love and care for people. Like what you say, you know, to see them thrive, to see them grow. And that's uh, really, really uh, makes a big difference. Uh, what does allyship mean to you? I'm now fascinated with this concept. Um, and it was funny because that was my old friends from my former company. I was visiting them and they had some books lying around Better Allies. Um, and the book cover is really ugly. So I actually, I don't like books. I read a lot of books, but I don't like ugly book covers. So I was like, I don't like it. But then uh, they recommended me the book and I was reading it. And I was getting fascinated with this idea. 
to understand your own privileges, then feel bad um, at, a, uh, at a second and say, oh my God, how many privileges do I have? I already was quite aware of my privileges because I had um, <clears throat> six years out of my 11 years at Danone, I had an international job and I was traveling to emerging countries. And my <laughs> biggest, I think, <coughs> kind of um, aha moment was in Bangladesh where we did a project in slums of Bangladesh. And I can wow. tell you afterwards, <laughs> I said, okay, so, I was returning to Germany after that. I was quite happy to have a you know, safe surrounding, safe streets and, and this kind of thing. And I had some unbelievable, uh, un, un, unforgettable moments um, <coughs> where I then said, oh my God, my complaints about minor stuff, they're ridiculous. I need to now change my attitude. So I had already some glimpses of aha moments, how privileged we are in Europe. I had that already, just traveling and working with emerging countries. I also used to work with Ukraine at that time. And, you know, Ukraine is already in trouble for some years, right? We, we know that. Uh, okay, and now it's really the, 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 the terrible situation. And I was really getting very impressed how resilient people are, how risk-taking, how strong they are in, in very difficult circumstances and then comparing to you know our little bubble situation in, in western europe <laughs> so so i had already some ideas but now with this book it was really this 50 questions of your privileges and then also this insight about call to action okay don't feel ashamed that you have privileges but take it as an obligation that with your privileges, you can help not so privileged people um, to be seen, to be understood, and then also make really systemic changes that they have more chances to succeed. And I'm really fascinated about this topic. Well, so at the moment, I that, you know what what so we what we can recommend to people. You absolutely raising a very important uh, point here that we are so blessed that uh, in the Western Europe, especially in the US, we are being living for pretty long, peaceful periods yeah. um, with a lot of privileges and abundance of uh, uh, really access to Absolutely. technology, internet, food. It is really um, uh, housing, you know, convenience really and, and safety. Now we're seeing obviously a lot of that being um, affected by obviously the uncertainty we are having in other parts of the world, especially in Ukraine. And um, it just makes you realize that um, you you could take a call, uh, take an action and, and just help others. Where if, if people want to do something, you know, and that really uh, uh, encouragement of allyship, um, how did you do it? What... Uh, what, what would be your advice? Where do they start if, uh, if they want to take an action? I, I would always start in your surroundings first. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and really get curious and listen more and, and try to look in your network. Um, so who is a little, who has a different background um, than myself? And, and, and just ask them uh, and, and get curious, yeah, really, and listen. Because this listening uh, skills, um, I can also tell you, I, I needed to work very, very thoroughly on them. Um, at one point in time, I think it's also in, the, in your career, right? You're first, you're your expert, and then you need to speak up and make a point uh, that people are seeing you and promoting you. And then you almost need to relearn listening again. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also see that a lot of people uh, love speaking more <laughs> than listening. And sometimes I'm also falling in this trap. Um, but I think still, yes, this, this really understanding the person um, um, is, is very important. And also try to capture moments Mm, that bring you out of your comfort zone. I give you one example. We had a 
<coughs> organized a social day in my uh, in in one of my former companies and mm -hmm. I, I'm always torn a little bit because I think a social day where you go to some NGO initiatives is first of all uh, team building. Let's not pretend we are making an impact on others' lives if we dedicate one day in, <laughs> in the year <laughs> and then feel very social or whatever because we were painting a wall in a kindergarten or something. Yeah, so let's, let's say that's more our team building and, and, uh, and, and gives us a good feeling ourselves. But what I um, in this year said, I want to go into something where I really uh, get a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I chose two. I chose an inclusive uh, kindergarten here in Berlin and, and, um, and a home for blind, dementia, sick, um, elderly women. <coughs> so both out of my comfort zone. And then we had two leaders there and they took some time to explain us what their concept is. And I can tell you, I was super inspired. And if I just take the example of the inclusive kindergarten. So here in Neukölln, it's, it's not the best, you know, posh neighborhood in, in Berlin, more the opposite, even if it's getting now trendy. Um, so there was an inclusive kindergarten. There was a guy, uh, the, the, the leader there was a Jordanian guy. Um, and he said he was always a little bit um, an outsider because he was, people could get into school when they reached a certain height. And he was, so his, his fellow kids, they were the same age and they were already reaching the site and he was always smaller. <coughs> so he was not allowed into school and he was making then a big noise and, and, uh, and asked to come to school and they made a big effort that he was seen and then finally he was allowed in and he took um, a kind of mission in his life at that time that he wants to include people. So inclusion is his life motto. And I found that so inspiring. Yeah? And I think we have so many opportunities to listen to people, not the big, great guys, business leaders, visionaries. There's almost, a, everybody can tell their own story that is inspiring. And I would actually, yes, inspire people to to look for those uh, people that are really purpose-driven, that have probably a special background, and and they are making a change in their own, you know, environment, life, and and not just giving a charity and a check or whatever, which yeah, it's 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 not really making an impact. I don't want to downplay it, but I think listening, understanding the stories, and connect on a human level that that is really needed uh, nowadays i love what you, what you just said that they're the unsung heroes you know in uh, in society because there's so many examples and would love to see more of those and uh, we also uh, considering um, which is now a a good moment to ask you to nominate who would be a couple of people that you would uh, want to celebrate at the unsung heroes that that may not be in the uh, such a high level necessarily, but they're making a difference around their environment. So I see a lot of them, oh, to give you names, this is, this is not inclusive, but I would mention, for example, and I don't remember his name, unfortunately, this, this person at this inclusive kindergarten that really says, I want to make a difference for those kids. And he was putting the focus on building language skills uh, for the kids. Yeah? So if I would in, inform a case uh, for myself or a cause for myself, I think the investment in non-privileged children is, is also paying off big time, right? So I would praise um, the people that are in this space. Um, probably, yeah, but there's so many people that Excellent. are really building well, we some bridges also. 
Well, we celebrate that this uh, unsung heroes today, and thank you for mentioning this case and really appreciate value. Obviously, the the leader of that kindergarten in Berlin that's really making an impact. So, thank you for bringing this up. Um, we're very passionate about environment and really where people can thrive rather than survive. How do you really create an environment where people can be inspired um, that want to come? Obviously, we talk about. Uh, with COVID and we've seen that uh, the environment matters. Often people realize that they couldn't work out of home. They don't have to come to the office. So it's a, a whole big debate about um, uh, coming to work or not coming to, to office or not coming to office. So it's a separate topic. But uh, mm -hmm. maybe here is what uh, the point is, what can we do really to create an environment where people are thriving, not surviving? Um, in your experience? Ah, well, it's a, it's a big thing, right? So what I always try to do in, within the, the people agenda is that it makes sense and that is, is, is building bridges. I'm all about democratizing and, and really having simple tools. So I, I have given up on classical leadership trainings and um, because we know right what is making the difference it's culture it's leadership mm -hmm. and it's also how can i influence how can i learn as myself am i being developed right those are and then those are also the correlations then for business success right um, if you have if, if you have those elements <coughs> so i'm a fan of listening to people and understand what they understand and feel is strong. I also like this. We do an engagement survey regularly and they are looking at clarity and energy. So I like simple models, Marian, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. I also introduced the quarterly feedback talk because I wanted to have people at least quarterly doing a, a wrap up, where do we stand? And we have five questions. We have, how are you? Which sounds very simple, but actually now it's actually a mental health question. If you ask it yeah. in the right way, yeah? if yeah. you're really yeah. interested in, and I can tell you last year when, you know, we had a raw material crisis, we still had COVID, high anxiety, stress levels, lots of things to do. I spend sometimes the whole check-in conversation, we call it like this, on how are you? Just one debate on just how are you? I feel you have a high stress level. How can we help now? What can we prioritize? What is giving you also energy? Um, so that's the first question. And then the second one, clarity about your role and responsibility. Mm -hmm. Prioritization, clarity. Yeah? If I don't know, what I'm working on, if I feel <laughs> I, I do a lot of things, but they, they are not making any impact. Um, okay, we need to change. And then what I do really well, which is making a lot of energy. I, and I heard uh, just recently in, in a little event, HR event here in Berlin, that they said resilience is actually built if you use your strengths. I like that because just this thing about oh, I'm working too much, I'm so stressed, I need more sofa time or whatever, uh, my work-life balance. Then if people then uh, uh, sit on the sofa and watch TV, I don't think uh, that is creating a balanced life. Yeah? <laughs> balanced life is, I, I love this motto about do more what you love and do less what you loathe. <laughs> I really like this very simple uh, concept. So if if colleagues work with their strengths, if they're first aware of it, and you know that people are sometimes absolutely not aware what their strengths are because they think that's normal. Huh? Mm -hmm. So they need somebody that actually tells, mirrors them and say, no, no, this is a fantastic strength. Sometimes people are embarrassed about their strengths. Um, so building on your strengths, it's actually creating high energy then. Uh, so that is, I think, what we actually need to create, uh, not just cut something and, and you know. Um, then the, the other thing is this continuous improvement. Okay, what can I do 
what can I improve? So towards the future, not towards the past, getting defensive, having a lot of uh, excuses or whatever, having a flight of fight or flight, uh, you know, amygdala reaction. No, it's about in the future, what can I do? What can I improve? This is also people want progress, right? That's also a, a human need. Uh, progress is happiness. I really believe in that. Um, so, and challenge. People want challenge. I, I had last town hall, I said, okay, what? how did, would you rate the quality of your last check-in conversation? And then we had a good uh, scoring and everything. And, and I said, okay, so <clears throat> now give, give us what what could improve this and we actually had a lot of people saying i want more critical feedback i want to learn because that is helping me also to grow yeah? so we are underestimating that and then the last point is what can i get uh, as a support from you as a manager now yeah? also a little bit upward feedback then so i really believe in that and uh, at Vegas, Every operator gets that, uh, you know, that sets of question or this conversation um, every quarter and also the senior manager. Everybody gets the same questions uh, so, because they are relevant for everybody, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing. Fantastic. I think this is really um, very powerful. And uh, if companies haven't deployed similar systems or, or way um i think is a great advice here so that's that's really helpful we have a question from somebody we both really respect and know and stoyan is asking here judith um do you believe in the bottom-up approach uh to transforming a culture and how can we create a culture of ownership and managing up yeah i i believe in that um i i think it's a lazy answer especially from some of my people colleagues to say oh the tone needs to come from the top if we don't have a perfect leadership team and they are giving the big inspiration uh, then we can do nothing um, <laughs> so i think that's a little bit cheap and i also believe <clears throat> and when I, I i really had the privilege i only had dream jobs and when i look at my jobs there was a lot about change and transformation that's mm -hmm. a continuous thing. It's, it's, a, it's also banal. Business is change, right? So, um, um, so it's not a, it's not a very new topic. Um, and what I saw when it can happen is you need to plant some. So you need to know where you're going. And I think that also has some element that the leadership team needs to know where they're going. Yeah? That, that's also their role. So. I, I like to have a kind of picture in my head about, and then uh, latest, then I need to really include the organization and I need to plant some little seeds mm -hmm. there and I need to work with them to make them into plants and bigger trees then. And it needs to not, not be then something that you, you know, you give and then you do change management and you try to, you know, whatever. It's really it needs to it needs to grow then also more naturally or something. If you need to push it all the time, it, it will not work. Yeah? So this bottom up I think is super important. I also don't like this consumerism that we have sometimes mm. yeah? of people in organizations where we say, oh yeah, we have really bad leaders, so we can do nothing. Yeah? And we are very smart. We comment all the time with the most smartest statements, but we don't take responsibility. And there, I can tell you, I get also very clear, this is consumerism behavior. Everybody here in the company is responsible that, first of all, we have a great time together. Why should we waste our precious life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not fun to work together. And where we also, you know, create results together. That's why we are here. And everybody needs to take their own responsibility. So I'm very firm in that. I also don't like, you know, if you do engagement service, I'm really about data and following up and doing actions. <coughs> but I also don't like, for me, it's always the moment after the survey. Okay, so there's some criticism. We can improve those things. But now we need to be engaged together. 
also bottom up again to work on that uh, together. Yeah? It's not just I'm, you know, I now uh, participated to the survey, oh, fantastic, and now I'm leaning back again and see what happens. That I don't like. Yeah? So that that we cannot work like this. <laughs> Everybody yeah. has their role to play, and everybody's a leader in their own field. Yeah? It's not hierarchical, whatever. Uh, a setup or something. Yes, bottom up. We need that. No, thank you, Judy. Fantastic. And how do you take care of yourself to be really operating at your level and to have these energy levels? You know, you're inspiring many other people. You're doing so many things. But how do you how do you sustain yourself? So I think what I yeah I learned some lessons, especially if you travel a lot. Then you you understand you are kind of an athlete as well yeah. also in those jobs <laughs> so you need to take care of your physical health your mental health so physically i really understood i need to do sports like very regularly yeah so uh, three times a week i have a personal trainer doing pilates so i get flexible and strong <clears throat> I always do something every day. So really physically, the body needs to also sweat and, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and bend. <clears throat> I took up um, meditation um, with a meditation teacher. I first experimented with an app because I also saw in stressful times and I read, I, yeah, I, I told you, I read constantly and then this, I think it was Tribe of Mentors or something uh, by Tim Ferriss. He was analyzing that all those world-class people in their different fields, the, the first thing that in common, they have in common is, is a mindfulness practice or a, a meditation practice. And I said, okay, so now I need to step up and I need to do this because uh, at one point in time, I also want to be great in what I'm doing. So, okay, uh, uh, why should I ignore this advice? And then I took also a meditation teacher um, or a trainer or a coach or something to really um, uh, uh, get better at that. And that I've, that is really a, a life changer um, to, to stay calm, to not take everything so personally, Big, big game changer. Also nutrition. I try to listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, biohackers and everything. I don't, don't overdo it, but I also, uh, I try to be very aware of what's, you know, what's healthy for your body. And okay, then also uh, finding some joy. And the, the, the biggest thing I think is connections and relationships and, and, and having social contact um, you also need to take care of that uh, if you and you know what what i what i listed for you and sleep uh, for sure as well <clears throat> what i listed for you is also coming out of some uh, <laughs> phases where i did not take care enough of sleep i did not take care enough of physical training i did not care enough about the right nutrition I, and i even did not care enough about nurturing friendships um and yeah so i i really do it out of you know tough times yeah and i understand okay so maybe some people are more smart and they you know they anticipate more my learnings is also okay tough times okay now i need to really uh, reconsider and and, and and also work on proactive measures uh, so that that sometimes you you learn the hard way as well right <laughs> no, wonderful advice indeed this is so important from the spiritual to the mental to the physical you know in the physical you got the sleep the nutrition the training of course financial is another one that is important and, and relationships you know that that you mentioned that is so important to take care and that's this is a great wrap-up and summary. Final question: What are your hopes for the future, and how can we bright, you know, with a brighter future? How can and how can we spread the care culture? So, I I hope that I think we are coming out, and I I, I hope it's the peak now of a 
of some years of going much more into I'm my single concern as a person. Uh, I think we are quite in some egocentric uh, times yeah. mm -hmm. where everybody is optimizing themselves um, and have a very small circle where they engage with, like, you know, my, my closest family, my closest circle of friends, and, and, and not a lot of people engage a little bit further than that, right? And, and I think COVID, with all the high stress and anxiety levels, brought people even more towards themselves and then created some really dark things also uh, about sense of entitlement and, you know, and, and really high expectations more on others, but not so much on yourself. So I hope that we move out of that and, and, and towards communities again, towards building the bridges, listening more to each other and really caring for each other. Um, we now, um, in our people sustainability stream, we define actually our activities according to the human needs. And I think actually, if I think, and, and I really was inspired by, by a consultant to consider this. And I think, you know, I really need again to completely rework everything I did in, in HR. If we don't base our people work on human needs, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's so universal. It's universal for, for the world globally. Um, so I'm really a big fan of that. And I think that is something that could help us yeah, to really understand what are the human needs. Because I just want to ask you this question because the, I, this uh, is so relevant and I'm just, I know the power of this, which is really linked to the future as well. If more companies understand the human needs and they can think about uh, their uh, business and how does their business relate to them, please list them out, uh, uh, Judith, the human uh, need. So um, I, 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 I need to give you another Becker's version <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. We, we adapted a little bit, but it's almost the same. So we, we, we had something, and that is probably not in the Maslow uh, period. It's a foundation of having the right policies uh, in place, you know, anti-discrimination policy, non-child labor, you know, every company needs to have this foundation where you make clear, this is what we are not accepting or something like that, right? And also fair labor contracts and this kind of thing. Uh, so that's the foundation. Then we define physiological needs and safety needs. And I think with Maslow, it's, it's one thing. But for us, as we have 24 factories, we said physiological needs are one thing that we really need to understand. Ergonomics, automation, what's the temperature, you know, are our factories, do they have the right line? Then you have safety, which is then also going into psychological safety. I'm sure you, you know this yeah. debate about it. Mental health. It's also, it's not just safety. Can I, do I have an accident if I enter the factory or something? It it's goes from, it back from the ancient times when in, in yeah. the tribal times, when you sleep, yeah. you, you don't want to be eaten by an animal. So somebody exactly. watching yeah. over you and that safety is so important yeah. in order to yeah. calm down. And, and absolutely, really absolutely. Thrive. Yeah. And that, that is also the big topic, right? That we're constantly stressed with social media. Blah, blah. Okay. So that's safety. Then, and now we are turning pr pretty much in the, in the same than Maslow, love and belonging. Yes. Team spirit, being included, you know, um, understanding I'm accepted, how I am, this kind of thing. Yeah. Also appreciation, um, yeah, getting some positive feedback, some thank yous. <laughs> <coughs> then esteem. That's the people development. Okay, I can, you know, I can bring myself in. I'm being heard. I can make an impact, but I can also develop yeah? and have some career chances as well. Growth um, and transformation, it's important. Exactly. And then the self actualization, um, which is okay. At, at Becker's Group, we are pioneering in sustainability. That's our purpose. Um, but it's also, yeah, so 
do I link with the purpose of the company? Yeah? So I think it's so spot on and probably we need to actually say, okay, HR is about that. Yeah? Because you have a lot of topics that are feeding into living wage, for example. Um, so to have a decent income out of your one job that you don't need to work two or three jobs uh, to, to take care of your family. This is, for example, also something that I think we put it under safety or something like that. And also one more to mention here. Uh, dynamism and variety is also one of the kind of human needs that we all want the safety. Ah, yeah, 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 exactly, security. exactly, yes. But if you actually, yeah. uh, uh, we all humans, the links to yeah. the joy, that we need that variety, that connection. Uh, oh, we, yeah, we, we, we could do this differently or we could change absolutely. something. We need the routine, but also we need the variety and dynamism. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, I think we put that then, you're, you're completely right, under self-esteem that you really have development opportunities. You're completely right. That That is, uh, yes, that's the one that is also, you want to differentiate. You want to be part of a, a tribe, <laughs> but you also want to differentiate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Julie, it's been fascinating. To you. You've mentioned so many uh, really uh, useful system gems of, of how, how to do things. And thank you for being so uh, structured in a way and just share those, those points. We'll definitely spread them out to the community of the leaders who care. And, and really uh, um, thank you once again for being with us today for taking care of us inspiring us and uh please um yeah keep spreading that care and uh it really was wonderful to have you today thank you thank you so much i loved our conversation i loved your questions and this also inspiring me again to get very sharp in yes what is really creating this special magical moments you know that can turn around the situation um, thank really you Judith. blessings goes to you your team and uh, as this is a mental health month uh, we just uh, today actually we we have with our team here we are uh, fasting and praying for mental and physical health to uh, everyone out there that's needed and uh, and especially starting with our families our community and uh, clients etc and spreading into the world so sending you all this and it was really a pleasure to have you today thank you so much thank Great. you Judith.